something has shifted. So we serve, hear me, we serve an illogical God. So that means what he's going to do is not going to make sense. And he's going to operate in a way that's going to seem the most painful to you. He's going to do things that hurt you the most. Like when Lazarus died, the Bible says he hears that he's deathly sick and then he waits two more days. He hears that he's deathly sick and waits two more days because he wants him to die. Because he wants him to die. Question is, why would God say he loved me and want me to go through more than what I'm going through right now? Which means that I'm feeling the most pain I ever felt, but that ain't it. Which means that I'm going through the most that I've ever went through, but that ain't it. He might want more. He waits two more days until he's dead because for some odd reason, he can't get the amount of glory he wants to get until there is no human remedy. Until you physically, literally cannot get out. It's as bad as it is because it had to get bad. Remember I told you Romans 8 28, all things work together for good, for good. Remember I told you about working for good, how I work for hope, you work for Walmart, you work for Sprint, T-Mobile. It works for good, which means it's employed by your destiny. He takes heartbreak and he until breakdown and says, I need you. I need you to get them here because once I get them to that place of complete brokenness, I can manifest the most glory. I don't like getting diet glory from people. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get glory out of your life and so I have to get you out of physical healing. I have to get you out of physical uh, capabilities. Everything in your life has to look like it cannot be fixed by anything you can do. By anything you can do. The opportunities fail through the cracks because God wants to do something that's going to make people jaws drop he wants to give you something you're not qualified for he wants to give you something that it does not make sense to have I'm going to wait until you don't have a way out God is the type that will hold your head underwater up until the moment where you're about to pass out then let you up it's, it's, it's crazy the stuff that he does and we just tell you that everything works out when you get saved but everything goes terribly wrong because God doesn't get glory out of okay lives. <sighs> this is why the dirtiest people are the best representatives for God. He likes to take the whore that done slept with everybody, then stand them up and say, look what I did. Look what you said couldn't be done. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. He lets Lazarus, who the Bible keeps telling you was, is his friend. Nothing in the Bible just happens to happen. He doesn't just say stuff to say stuff. It kept telling you that because it wants you to know God will let his friends die. <laughs> and Lazarus, who was his friend, died. And Lazarus, who was his friend, died. The Bible says even the people looked out and looked at Jesus and was like, man, he really loved him. He wanted you to see that the things I love the most, I kill. The things I love the most, I let suffer go through things the Bible says that he we're not going to talk about this but listen the Bible says that he he's, he's outside of Judea 
He gets word, gets a letter, gets a text message, not from an Android, but from a Sprint phone. iPhone. He gets, he gets word that Lazarus is dying. He says, cool. Y'all chill out. We're going to stay here two more days. Lazarus dies. He's been dead four days now. Jewish people believe that when you are dead four days, there is no coming back. They believe that you can actually still come back. But when it hits the fourth day, everything's done. Rigor mortis sets in. That means your body can't even move. Your body actually starts to decay on the fourth day. He's dead four days. Jesus waits until his flesh is disfigured. He waits until maggots have now eaten his body. He waits until the beetles have eaten the maggots that have eaten his body. He waits until the rats that have eaten the beetles, that have eaten the maggots, that have eaten his body. He, 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 he waits until there is no way for him to come back. And if he does come back, he'll be disfigured. Which means that God puts you in situations where if he does get you out, you're going to come out with a limp. Sometimes you're going to come out with all these different types of things that you're going through. And the Bible says he waits. And then the Bible says Martha runs out, finds out that he's getting close to the place where they at. She runs out of her house and she comes to him and she only comes to him with complaints. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, my, my, my brother wouldn't have died. And just leaves him all these complaints showing that a lot of us, we don't understand how the glory of God works. So we complain because we think that he's tormenting us and we think we serve this little evil God that does not make sense. And so we come to him and our prayers are bitter. Our prayers are bitter. And you're wondering why God's response to you is not right. It's because your motives and talking to him has not been right. You only come to complain about your wife, not to speak life into your wife. You only come to talk about the people that have messed you up, not speak life into them. And so she comes with bitter prayers because she doesn't understand how his glory works. And she says, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And he says, don't you know who I am? So maybe he let that happen to her just to expose that she really don't know him. There's a whole lot of us in here right now, we really don't know God like we think we do. Hardship proves who you really know. Pain really proves who you know. Do you really know who you serve? Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth and moving like he's telling the truth. He tells them this sickness is not going to end in death. It's going to end in glory, which means that if he dies, that's not the end. Listen to what I just said. He says this sickness is not going to end in death, but if he dies, that's not the end. So if it's dead, that's not the end because that's not how it's supposed to end. Even though death looks like the end to you, it's not the end because he said that's not how it's supposed to end. Even in death, that's not the end. Even in death, that's going over your head right now. Even in death, that's not the end. That means if the marriage looks dead, that's not the end. That was the end of something, but that wasn't the end of what he wanted. It's not the end. It will not end in death, which means that I am still going through even when the thing is dead. I can't quit even when things feel dead and depleted. He says, this, this is not going to end in death. He tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, though a man is dead, he'll come back. That's how he says, though a man is dead, yet shall he live. She says, okay. She runs and she go get her sister Mary. Y'all remember Mary? Not Mary, uh, not Mary Jesus' mama, the other Mary who he cast about seven demons out of. She was a loose woman. She was a loose woman. Listen to what I'm about to say. She was, she, was, she, was a, she was a loose woman. That means that she was bound by many things. and uh, that, means that, she, that means she had a complete bondage. 
Jesus had to cast out all those demons out of her. The Bible says that when Martha ran out the house, Mary was still in the house with people that were crying. She gets word that Jesus wants her. She goes, uh, Martha goes, tells her in her ear, the teacher is outside. He wants to see you. She hears that he's calling her out of that place of depression, out of that place of sitting in her own sorrows. The Bible even calls the place where she was at, the city where she was at, uh, when you look that up in the Greek, it actually means house of miseries, which means she sat in her misery. And there's many of us right now, you're sitting in your misery. misery. That's why you hate church and you hate all this other stuff and like they're, they're worshiping and you don't even want to be comforted. The Bible talks about a soul that doesn't even want to be comforted. You are comfortable in pain. You have convinced yourself that this is all that there will be. She sits in her miseries. God delivered her from a life that pulled her soul apart. But now she feels like God just did all that to bring her to a place of immense pain. She stays in that place. They call her out. When she hears that Jesus is calling her, she runs out the house. But the problem is the people that are in the house with her don't understand the call that she just got. They think she's going to go cry and in a, in, a, in a mourn over her brother. And so the Bible says she runs out, but they run out with her to cry with her. They carry the same atmosphere she had in the house with her as she goes to Jesus. They carry the same atmosphere she had in the house with her as she goes to Jesus. She gets to Jesus and falls at his feet. And she says the same thing Martha says, but she says it with a different spirit. Her spirit is not in a sense of trying to belittle God or come at God for what he did not do. Her spirit is in a way that she's trying to understand why are you doing what you're doing. If you had been here, wouldn't he have lived? What are you trying to do in this moment? You see, there is a difference between complaint and worship. There's a difference between complaint and worship. But to all of us, it would sound the same if our spirit is untrained. It would sound the same if our spirit is untrained. There's a group of us in here, you're not complaining, but you're trying to understand the motive. You're trying to understand the method. You're trying to figure out, okay, how can you get glory out of a daughter that doesn't want to be a girl anymore? How can you get glory out of a marriage that doesn't want me anymore? How can you get glory out of situations that seem to have cut, struggled and in, in a, in a, in a muzzled me? How can you get glory out of these things? She comes and she asks the question, and she lays at his feet. The Bible says he looks at the people that are following her and he groans in his spirit. Listen to what I'm saying because this is for a specific people. He looks at the people that are following her and he groans in his spirit. As he looks at them, he cries. As they're crying and as she's crying, he's crying. But he groans in his spirit because I read to you last week that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you with groanings that cannot be uttered, which means that when you cannot describe what's going on inside of you, the Holy Spirit makes the intercession for you. When you can't describe what you feel on the inside, the Holy Spirit makes the intercession for you. On what was following her, they're crying, they're messed up. He takes on them, takes on her pain because when you come and worship, God then is able to take on the thing that has been lingering over your, his response to her is different. And it's a response of take me to where your pain is. Take me to where you have put up and given up on that thing. Take me to that place. Take me there now. Now your worship is different. Take me there. I'm not going to fix it while you still complain about it because your spirit won't handle it right. Take me there now. Now you're ready for me to do something new. Take me there now. Now you're ready to look at him or her differently. Take me there now. Take me there now. He gets there, and the Bible says he finds that the people are there, they're crying, and he groans in his spirit again. The Bible says that he sees him, and Lazarus is in a cave with a stone rolled over him. He's in a cave with a stone rolled over him. 
Jesus speaks and he says to them, I want you to roll away the stone. And Martha says, by now, Lord, he stinks. Which means that everything that we have done has been to cover up how bad he smells. Everything we have done has been to cover up how bad and how messed up this thing is. By now, Lord, he stinks. We don't want to uncover that. That's too bad of a smell. In order to get full healing now, you're going to have to expose the things that you're trying to hide. No matter how bad they smell. You see, the truth is, Mama, Mary came, Martha came to Jesus to complain, but she didn't come to expose. She didn't come to expose. So that means all that crying and praying she had just did was all for no reason because when God really wanted to deal with it, she was too afraid to expose what was really going on. A lot of us are praying and crying, but we're not really ready to do the work that's going to take for us to actually change. There are some things he's about to expose and it's going to stink to everybody. You had no idea how hateful you really were. You had no idea how bitter you really were. You had no idea how messed up you really were. He, he says, she says, Lord, by now it stinks. You can go ahead and just leave that alone. Is there, is there something you can do on top of that? Could you possibly just give me a new brother since you're out here doing miracles? And God says, no, I want to deal with the thing that stinks. I want to deal with the thing you tried to put away and hide because your hands are filthy too. Let me go get that. So you've been praying and crying about the husband, but you didn't know that you was nasty too. You've been praying and crying about the situation, but you didn't know that you were at fault too. Uh, let me get that. When she says, it stinks by now, he says, I am the resurrection, I am the life. Didn't I just tell you that I come to do a miracle? I want to do a miracle with the dirtiest thing. I want to do a miracle with the dirtiest thing. I need you to really understand me too. You're stopping his artwork. He was trying to make a masterpiece. You're stopping what he wants to do. He needs you to be jacked up. Stopped everything cold turkey. Why don't you roll away your stone? Why don't you roll away your stone? Why don't you open up your text threads real quick? Let's just scroll up. Can I have five more minutes? Can I have five more minutes? They had Lazarus in the tomb. They had Lazarus in the tomb. I want to show you something. Let me show you. Now, I've said, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Where's CJ? Where's CJ? Oop, never mind. I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. Come here. Yes, you. Come here. Um, they had Lazarus in the tomb. Now, 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 you need to understand something about um, Jewish people, how they bury people. They bury people differently than we do. We put them in their nice suits, their time for it, all those things. Um, when somebody dies, but Jewish people had a ritual that they did. And they would tie you up like a mummy. They would tie you up like a mummy. So Lazarus had been dead four days, but they had to get the cloths and those different things, and they had to tie him up. And they've already had the funeral. They've already had the processional. And it's already taken many, 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 many people to roll over the stone and do those things. And I just want to show you real quickly how this looked. I just want to show you real quickly how this looked. Birthday girl, Shaylin, come here. Come here. It's Shaylin's birthday. She's 21. Period, Pooh. Hey, Pooh. Hold this mic. Hold it to my mouth. Now, the way that they did it, and I'm not going to do it fully. 
want you to put your legs together like this. Be strong. Size 13, be not. The way they did it, they tied them up. They tied them up. They bound them hand and foot. They bound them like this. They bound them hand and foot. Now, I ain't got time, I told you, to go through the whole thing. But he was bound up. He was bound up. And not only that, but he was bound up at the top. They wrapped it all the way around, feet down, all the way up. Pay attention to this because not only did they do this, but they would take spices, colognes, all types of good things. I love these Bible readers up in here. They all know y'all history. They took spices and colognes and all types of things, and they would put them in the seams of wherever they tied and wrapped him up. They would put them in the seams of wherever they tied and wrapped him up because they didn't want the smell to get out. And this is what religion does. As dirty as you are and as nasty as you are, because we can't really deal with the issue, we try to wrap you up and make you look presentable. We'll put things in there so that you don't smell as bad as you do. We'll take pastors that know that they need a break and know that they need some time to heal, and we'll make them presentable. We'll put some spices here. We'll do up your social media. We'll do all these good things to make you look like you're ready, but you're not really ready. To make you look like you healed, but you're not really healed. And some of us are more committed to the presentation of wholeness instead of actually being whole. We want to look whole and not be whole. Look whole, but not be whole. Look whole, not be whole. And you see how religion do because the time that he started stanking, shame we want to open up the tomb no more. Which means that all of our work is done. <laughs> it's not working no more. Which means we tried to cover up that, you know, the praise and worship leader was struggling with sex, but we couldn't cover it up no more. Now she got a baby bump. Put her in the back. Y'all so quiet. <laughs> Put her in the back. We tried to cover up, you know, because that's what churches would do. They, they would stand the girl up, but they would never stand the man up. Because you wouldn't know the man. It's even biblical. Remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? They said they caught her in the act, which means they dragged her to Jesus naked. They never brought that man. Was she just naked in the bed by herself? <laughs> we make you look whole, but you're not. So they would wrap you up. And I um, wish I had something smaller, but I don't, brother. They wouldn't just take the clothing and wrap you up like this. The Bible says there was a blanket over his face, which means that he couldn't see either. Now, I'm going to take this, wrap it around your head. Oh, Apostle, you sold these together. He sold these together, but they covered his face. Now they covered his face. Y'all all right? I know, I know you are. 
Some of you need this. Some of you came for this. They covered his face. You okay? Because we want you to be comfortable in your dead clothes. All right. Now, that was a word too. Did you catch it? Um, just, you okay? You okay? Now, the Bible says that he tells Martha, roll away the stone, remember? And Martha says, nah, he stank. Which means by now, everything I did to make him look presentable is gone. I can't cover him up no more. God said, exactly. That's why I came at this time. I wanted to come where he was uncover-upable. I want them to smell the decay. I want them to smell how bad it is right now. Man, I want your family to see how jacked up it is right now. You can't cover it up no more. Y'all can't go to family functions and fake it no more. Now it shows. Now the shades can't cover it up. You done dropped the shades. Now they see the black eye. You can't, you can't, you can't cover it up no more. You can't, you can't cover up. You know, my mama will tell you there, there was a time I couldn't cover up smoking weed no more. It, it, was, it was in my smile. It was in my lips. I remember being in college trying to brush my lips. Church don't talk this real no more, do it? I was in college trying to brush my lips. I'm like, wow, it really is showing up. By now, he stinks. Loud. Zaza. Just trying to cover it up, what was going on. He says, roll away the stone. Be very specific. I always ask God, uh, Kai, because this is how I read the Bible. I always ask God, why did you need to roll away the stone? Couldn't you have woken him up? without rolling away the stone and God told me if I did not roll away the stone he wouldn't hear my words which means that the thing that brings you back to life in God is the words that he speaks it's his word the Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God which means that there is something that you heard that triggered you to come back come back to life there's something that you heard that triggered you to come back to life. This is why the devil always tries to keep you, keep you out of hearing the voice of God. I told you before um, about Genesis. Remember when Adam and Eve ate the fruit and they ran? And then the Bible says the voice of the Lord was walking in the garden, which means his voice took on shape and was walking, which means his voice went after them. And they ran from his voice because that's the plan of the enemy to get you to run from anything that will remind you. That will remind you. And so Jesus says... You know, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Though you are dead, yes, shall you live. You're going to live if you can hear my voice. And so they need to roll away the stone. The Bible talks about how your heart is a heart of stone, but God takes it out and he makes it a heart of flesh that's responsive to him, which means that though you were numb, God can make you feel again. Though you were numb, God can make you feel again. His words will be the spirit that will bring Lazarus back to life. He needed to hear him. And he needed to hear him call his name. Which means if Jesus would have said, come forth, the whole grave would have got up. He was after a specific person. Listen to what I'm saying to you. He was after a specific person. Which means that out of you and everybody in your family, why is it that you're the only one saved? He was after a specific person. He called you out of that dark place to be the one to bring them out but why is it that you're the one that's called out he was looking for a specific person and you're the one that heard him in your decayed state in your messed up state he was decayed he was messed up but when God said come forth everything that was out of alignment with him had to come back into alignment 
All of his flesh that was eaten up by maggots had to be restored. Everything in him had to be restored. But he was still in grave clothes. Which means fully restored, but nobody can see it because he still has on the old clothes. Remember I said that before? Fully restored, which means that under it, they can't even see that he's changed. They have to take things off to notice that there's been a change. So he, he calls him out. Ooh, Jalen, you've been standing up here all day. We got the same pants on. He calls him out. But he calls him out and he says, uh, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus is forced to move with grave clothes on. Now, Jalen, can you hear me? Turn your head in the direction I am. Remember, it says he's in a cave. He's in a dark place. He's in a dark place. He's in a dark place. He's in a cave. And he says, Jalen, come here. And Jalen has to come towards me. Come here, Jalen. Jalen, can you see me? Can you feel me? You can just hear me. He had to come out the cave and go in the direction of God's voice, but he could not see. He could not, he, he could not feel. All he could do was move in his direction. And the way that God is about to do with you, he's going to call you out of places that you will not see how you're getting out of it. You're just going in the direction that he's telling you to. Now notice something, because as he first started to walk, he noticed he couldn't really move like that. So he had to hop towards me, which actually got him to me quicker than it would have been had he been stalling, which means that a lot of times God limits options to accelerate you and make you get to where you're supposed to go faster than what you would have got there before in the, in the first place. When I go by what I hear him saying, not by what I see, not by what I feel. When I go by what I hear him saying, I move by leaps and by bounds. And here's the thing, I'm moving even though I still look like I'm bound. We thought that God takes things off you before he tells you to go forward. God makes you go forward before he takes anything off of you. When he calls you, you're coming with everything that you still have holding you down. Y'all weren't listening to me last week when I told you I was 18 when I first preached my first message. I was in the middle of doing drugs. In the middle of sleeping. But I felt a voice calling me to do what I was supposed to do. What was I doing for three, four years? This. Until it started to look like I was free until it started to look like I was changed. He calls you and then he deals with the layers of the thing after he calls you. He calls you and brings you to a place where he has assistance for you. The Bible says that there is a crowd of people outside. He only hears Jesus' voice and he goes toward Jesus, but he doesn't know he's also coming towards the people that are going to take the grave clothes off of him. 
which means that God won't only heal you, but he'll bring you around the assistance that you'll need. He brings you out of dead company because he was in a cave with other dead people. God needed him to come out of his environment so that he can get to a place where people could actually heal and make him what he's supposed to be. Deal with the outer part while I deal with the heart. The reason why you need a church community is because you really don't know how to live this thing out the right way. You don't need a church community to get you saved. You get saved, come in and get your help. I'm talking up in here, you're not hearing me. You get saved, then come get your help. The problem is you don't know how to live the right way. He could not take off his own clothes. There's people that are assigned to you to help you get changed. You need the people. I know you got your own little personal relationship, but you sit in there bound when you don't have to be. You don't have to be stuck like you are. You're just stubborn. And you don't want nobody to tell you, hey, what you got on stink. Not you, what you got on stink. Not you, what you got on stink. Not you, the sin that you still carry is a problem. Not you, God loves you, but you got to come out of some stuff. He's coming out with grave clothes, and the clothes he has on still smells like the decay of his old body. He has a new body. His clothes still stank like the old one. And so God says, loose him and let him go. Now he's able to get the things that's on him off of him. To get the things that's on him off of him. To get the things that's on him off of him. And the things that he's getting off of him, he has to have people that are helping him get these things off of him because a lot of the things that you got entangled into didn't just come by you. Some stuff your great-great-grandmama tapped into. And now you struggling with some stuff you never knew you was going to struggle with. So why do you think you don't need people when it was people that got you into this mess in the first place? Yeah, there are some things that you chose, but there are some other cravings and some other stuff that you done stepped into that you didn't know that you would have. Let me deal with your identity problems. Let me deal with your fear problems. Let me deal with your anxiety problems. Let me deal with all these things. I'm going to lose you, and I'm going to let you go. And you need more than one person because the things that's on you is tight. I'm sitting here trying to take this thing off, and it's so tight, I can't even pull it off. She got nails on. It's her birthday. She don't care. But as I take these things off, I see that there is a new wardrobe. There is a new grace. There is a new power that's put on the inside of him. There's a time where he takes these things off. There's a time where he takes these things off. And now he's able to move free. Here's the gag. You were already saved. You were already saved. They don't want to hear me. You were already saved. Jalen, you were already wearing this. I didn't, I didn't put, did you hear what I just said? He was already wearing this. You already had this on. You already had everything you needed to be a great husband. You already had everything you needed to be a great father. You already had everything you needed to be a great man, to be a great man of God. You already had everything you needed. I already gave you everything you needed according to life and godliness. There was just some things I needed to take off of you because it wasn't you. It wasn't you. 
So you walking around depressed, feeling like you are a terrible person. You are the stuff that you did. You are the stuff that you've been through, not knowing that there are some things up under here that God has already established and already pre-made. Just let me deal with these outer layers of stuff that you allowed yourself to get entangled into. And here's the gag. Don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Don't, don't go back and get what I took off of you. Don't go back and get what I took off of you. It was comfortable for a season, but now I need you to take it off. It was comfortable for a time, but now I need you to take it off. Don't go back and get it. 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 I've taken it off of you, and now you can see what you already were. Yeah, what you already were. Already. Already. Remember I told you about the sound and the spirit and that there's only certain people that can catch 